0: Will Ford is a friend of mine. He's a minister and author, well-known across the United States for his stands on uh, intercession, reconciliation, awakening, and reformation. Uh, I first met him when he began attending a church that I pastored, which is now C3 Fort Worth. And Will and I instantly became friends. And uh, he taught me so much about prayer. He's an amazing man. He was known then as an intercessor. But then something happened. That now has impacted literally hundreds of thousands of people across the U.S. and really around the world. And today we're going to hear the full story of what happened to Will Ford and how he found out the legacy from his slave ancestors and how it's impacted all of us. Uh, sitting with me, as always, is uh, Chris Shields, as always this season anyway, Chris. Yes. Yeah, we'll see about next Yeah, season. I'm praying yeah, about it already. Yeah, well, you're praying about it. <laughs> I in think, tongues, though, yeah. not in, even I in English. any we're praying about it. <laughs> now, Will Ford and Matt Lockett, yes. we did this interview with them. Uh, they wrote a book uh, about their experiences uh, called The Dream King. Yes. How the dream of Martin Luther King Jr. is being fulfilled to heal racism uh, in America. They wrote that. They also have done an, uh, a number of speaking engagements talking about how Matt Lockett's life intersected with Will Ford's life. Not just because they met each other. Yes. But because, right, Matt Lockett's ancestors actually were were slave owners. Yes. And Will Ford, as best as they can put it together, his ancestors were actually owned by Matt's ancestors. Yes. Is that right? Yes, that's 100% right. It's mind blowing. It's mind-blowing. And then they meet. I mean, they just meet yes. at, a, at a prayer event.
1: Is that right? Yes. Put on by, uh, mm-hmm. I believe it was Lou Engle. Yeah. And um, it's just phenomenally amazing yeah. how yeah. God just works this thing out. Matt didn't even know who Lou
0: Engle was. Yeah. Yeah, he showed up to an event. <laughs> yes. Didn't know who all these guys were. And then it turns out they end up becoming friends. And yes. uh, this story today is really is and, and we go in depth in the story of what happened in the background but it it really is captivating yeah. it's absolutely one of the most amazing stories and will ford uh, he and i became friends and now uh with his wife to haviland they have a ministry called 818 818- the sign yep the 818 sign. the sign yep They have events going on, different things. Annual events. He was at Christ for the Nations for a number of years. He was teaching what area? Um,
1: Marketplace ministry.
0: Right. Funny thing about it, you mentioned Christ for the Nations. Because here he is traveling and speaking. Yes. So a lot of us would think of him as a minister, intercessor, uh, speaking on Reformation of the United States. But really, uh, he's a great businessman. Yes, he is. Yeah, and that's what he was doing when he and I met. See, what he was
1: doing when I met, he was actually the first person I met at Christ for the nation. Oh really? Yes, and we met on the basketball court. I taught him a couple things. Yeah, yeah. No, just nah, just nah, like. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> now I know Will's background and he's got some ups. He Probably does have some still ups, does. But he also has some downs. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, he's an old Rosedale boy. Yeah. He's he's from South Side of Fort Worth. Yes and he played ball there and he played college and yeah. stuff of course so did you but um yeah so uh, yeah but <laughs> spoken but like a true player cuz if you play, if you play basketball yes And and you're going to go out together and everything. The first thing you have to learn playing basketball, I'm going to teach my grandsons, Mm -hmm. is smack.
1: Oh, you have to. If you don't have the swag (laughs) with the the ball, you don't need to touch the ball. Like, they need to
0: know that you're here and you mean business. Oh, shoot. I wonder if Matt (laughs) plays. I don't know. I think that's why they've stayed friends, (laughs) because he doesn't. Yeah, man. Wait till he hears this. Yeah, he'll be calling you. He'll be texting you, going, "Hey, man, it's time to play. Me. Yes, it's time. <laughs> just meet me tonight. It's been a while. O'clock. Yeah.
1: Well, then he'll just say, "Old outdoor. people. See, he'll go and play us, and then he'll always say, Come "Old on, people. Man.
0: So he wants us to give him a break, but we don't give him Come a break. On, man. <laughs> I, I know. I know this man. He's got tenacity. Oh, he does. And the thing is, he, he's gone through a lot of different things in yes. his life, business, uh, marriage, different ups and downs, as you say. But, and so has Matt. So yes. when they bring this together, they have this seasoned look at what is reconciliation really look like when we talk about race? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the fascinating thing to me is, is they take it to a new direction, I think. Yes. Chris. And I, I really appreciate their candor and the freshness of their vision on this.
1: Yeah, and I totally agree. I mean, that was one of the things, even when he spoke for C3 Fort Worth Mm -hmm. just here recently, I told him, because I heard Will when he first... Spoke this message, yeah. and I said, "It just amazes me, Will, how this just becomes fresh and fresh mm-hmm. and fresh every time you share it. Yeah. It's not stale bread, and that's how you know that the Holy Spirit is breathing on yeah, it."
0: Yeah, no question. Uh, I'm I'm really excited today for you to hear from uh, Will Ford and Matt Lockett on this special edition of Brave Men. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole wisdom and courage for the journey. Hey, I'm here with uh, Matt Lockett and uh, Will Ford and the two amazing uh, men who have a great story. Now, I just want to get right into it. And thank you for being with uh, us on the Christian Men's Network, Brave Men podcast. And then also, we're going to put this out and show it to people because your story and, and you actually wrote it down in a book. Uh, how the dream of martin luther king jr is being fulfilled to heal racism in america and it's called the dream king and the website that people can find you at is dreamstreamcompany.com dreamstreamcompany.com now here's the thing what i do know is that both you guys are, are giants in prayer and but you're also very humble so uh when i ask something just jump in there just jump in there whoever's Got the answer, so this will be fun. And uh, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having us. You know, I'm, I'm and Will, right now, let's set the stage. You're, you're uh, also a professor right now, right? Yes, Christ for the Nations Institute, uh, uh,
2: direct and chair of the Marketplace Leadership Navy. We've been doing that for eight years now.
0: And so and so, uh, and so you, this is uh, Christ for the Nations, and mm-hmm. you do Marketplace Ministries there. Now, you, you know, when you and I first met, you were in business. That's right, full time, and uh, and then the Lord moved you into a place of sharing your story. And then Matt, you're in Washington D.C. Yes, sir. Yeah, I've been uh, a part of a house of prayer on Capitol Hill, and uh,
3: wow. it started in 2004. So we've just uh, recently celebrated our
0: 15th anniversary. Wow, man! <clears throat> if there's any place that needs prayer, bro. It is uh, is Washington D.C. right? Ah, there's not much going on here. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, you know, when we talk about that, we do look at that and leadership and all that, and and it's funny. I travel uh, with Christianmen's Network all over the world, and I can't tell you how many times I've had a pastor come to me and say, uh, "We're trying to, you know, stir up the ministry to men." And they go, "You know, you don't understand this place. This is the toughest place for ministries in the oh, yeah. <laughs> right." It's harder he here than that. everywhere
3: else.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all it's funny. But uh, but at the same time, there are, and you guys can explain this better than me, there are, if you will, hot spots. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. There's hot spots where it seems that there's a stream of leadership that touches the world from these different places. And so God's put you uniquely there. How'd how do you end up getting there, Matt? I was in the marketplace before, and uh, it, back in 2004, I was seeking the
3: Lord, and uh, I was led kind of supernaturally and very uh, strangely through a dream uh, to come to Washington, D.C. It's actually where I met Will. We met for the first time in a prayer meeting on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, but God kind of rearranged my life as a result of that, and I moved here full-time and became a missionary, left the marketplace, became
0: full-time missionary. You're a missionary to Washington, D.C. Well, thank, yes, thank you for doing that. Where are you from originally, Matt? I'm a Hoosier. I'm the, oh, you're I'm a, a Hoosier. i race. Okay. You play a little ball? No, I wish. Oh, you didn't? Because <laughs> Will, Will can play. <laughs> Too Will short can play. <laughs> wow. and, and Will had some ups. I know this. Yeah, back in the day, that's right. Back in the day. Yeah, that's the thing. It? <laughs> it's all back in the day. But you yeah, grew now, up uh, – you grew up South Fort Worth, Southside. You're a Southside Rosedale boy, right? Yep, yep. Grew up Southside, Fort Worth.
2: Uh, uh, lived off in uh, the Stop Six area, and then um, we moved over to uh, uh, the Rolling Hills area, Fort Worth, yeah. Kind of upper-black middle class kind of thing. Yeah, I was going
0: to say, that was the moving on up. That was the Jefferson yeah, thing.
2: That was that was my <laughs> Jefferson move right there. That was the
0: Jefferson <laughs> move.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, but but so you're a Fort Worth uh, a man, and and uh, and then in the marketplace in ministry, and now teaching that, and so Matt, now you guys meet, and you met at the prayer meeting at the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We, we made a prayer meeting at the Lincoln Memorial. So how I wind up there, um, I had a dream about Dr. King, and in the dream, Dr. King is a Is dealing with me about my own unforgiveness issues that I had around the race issue. Uh, And and basically, he's he's confronting me about my white baggage in my life that I needed to get rid of. And if I I really wanted to be used to heal the racial divide. And so uh, I wake up in that dream, just grip about it. I go to it in greater detail in the book. I shared a dream with my friend, uh, Lou Engel. And uh, he said, hey, you got to come and share that dream and bring that kettle pop from your family that was used for prayer by the slaves in the family. Bring that. We'll do a prayer meeting at the Lincoln Memorial. And um, that's January 17,
0: 2005. We do 2005. That. So that's after the call. Yes. Right?
2: After the call, I met Lou, met you. Uh, right. Go to the call. Uh, you become my pastor after that. We become prayer partners, fast, pray together. I mean, we had an amazing time, Freddie. Me, you, Dad, especially my time with you is amazing. So, Uh, so
0: now, uh, and let me set the stage because Matt, you come to that same prayer meeting and uh, they're on the Lincoln steps. But Will was bringing, and I want to go back in depth on this because this is part of the whole story, really. Uh, there's a, a large kettle, and uh, I mean, huge. This thing, how much does that thing weigh? Uh you
2: know, uh with the case is about about 80, uh, about eighty pounds altogether.
0: Yeah, it's a huge metal steel kettle that had been used by your ancestors, mm-hmm. your yes. previous generations right. who had who were slaves, mm-hmm. and they had prayed into this kettle because they didn't want their voices to travel, so they'd prop right. it up and just praying to try to muffle. Okay, so now you've got this kettle and you're bringing it to this thing and and yeah. there's Lou and a bunch of guys and Matt shows up.
2: Yeah, so I bring the kettle there to remind people that, yeah, the prayers of black Christian slaves but also those white abolitionists back there who knew that any Christian slave was their brother, they laid their lives down for them. And those abolitionists had the houses burned, they were shot, killed, and lynched along with those black Christian slaves because they chose to suffer with the people of God Rather than wow. compromise and wink at slavery. And it was the prayers of that godly remnant that prayed in the being the first and the second great awakening. Wow. Now, had, it, had it not been for those revivals, slavery would have never ended in right. our nation. So then I had this dream got sent in front of me about my own uh, baggage that I need, to, you know, just a deeper level of forgiveness. So uh, sure I shared that at Dr. King's old church. And then uh, Lou asked me to share it on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, share my story. Some of my own pain in my life, and then that night, Matt and I uh, we meet and we talk for the first time uh, because he was led there by a dream. Matt, share the dream you, you yeah, had. Yeah, what then happened you know. that there, Matt? Well, uh,
3: it had been exactly one year to the day, January seventeenth, two thousand four, when my father unexpectedly passed away, and
1: wow. that really
3: it really threw my <clears throat> adult wow. life for a spin. Now, I've been a Christian yeah. since I was you know, 15 years old, but started asking those big questions like, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. And I was very successful in my career, but I was, I was searching. It's kind of like the divine discontent, you know, and it was during that year that I, I had a dream where God spoke to me in my dream about what he wanted to do uh, to impact the nation through day and night prayer. And there was a man in my dream named Lou Engel and I didn't no. know Lou Engel. <laughs> So I started chasing this thing down and uh, found out there was a real guy named Lou Engle. <laughs> he was really doing this thing with prayer. And I, I called, I got a phone number of somebody that worked with him and I called him and I told him my dream. And he said, that's interesting. You just dreamt exactly what God is sending us to do. We're going to D.C. Wow. to pray. And, uh, and then he told me about this gathering on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial on Martin Luther King Day. And he said, you know, maybe you should come. God might have something for you there. So, you know, I packed up, you know, took time off work and, and, you know, came across the country. I lived in Colorado at the time and uh, showed up at the Lincoln Memorial for a prayer meeting. And so that's the first place that Will and I ever came together. And so here's Will, he's there because of a dream. Here, I'm there because of a dream. And we meet on the spot where Dr. King gave the I have a dream speech. Yeah.
2: yeah. So we didn't make that connection at first. But, you know, we, so we meet, we there, and uh, I bring the kettle out, and I share the story, and I share the dream with Dr. King in it. And uh, I look out in the audience after I get through speaking, and I see this white guy's hands buried in his face, face buried in his hands, and you know, it's, he comes up to me, it's Matt. he says, you know, you just, you just said this kettle comes from the locket side of your family. He said, my daughter elbowed me. He said, because I'd been praying, God, if this is really you, you want me to be here. I need you to call my name. And so I say the name Lockett. (laughs) No. Yeah. So he freaks out, comes up. And that's the first uh, time you'd ever shared that detail of the story. Yeah. And that's the first time I felt led to share the detail of the story. Yeah, I'd never heard it. Because
0: I'd heard the story before.
2: Yeah. Never heard that. Yeah. So 2002, 2003, that's when you and I ran together. uh, It was 05 when we met. Matt and I met, so I, I, I incorporated that into the story that night. I just felt led to do it that way. And so what happens is he said, you said Lockett and that's our name. I said, interesting. Because I had never met a Lockett before. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. I know like, I never, met, I never met a Lockett before. One of, this, one of these guys, you know. I said, how do y'all spell Lockett? With two T's or one. And I just <laughs> waited for a response. Right? He said, we spell it with two T's. I said, oh, in my family, we only spell it with one. I said, uh, how do you, uh, he said, where, where are your lockers from? I said, y'all from, you know, what, what part of the country? I didn't want to give up anything. So, yeah. What part of the country y'all from? He said, oh, we're from Kentucky. I said, oh, we're from Louisiana. So I thought, oh, okay, just a cool coincidence, man. This is not the family in that kind of sense, you know, that could be connected to our family, especially in the slavery kind of sense. So we thought, yeah, a cool coincidence. But it was, it was enough where, like, they connected us. And we were actually prayed together that night for healing racial race and all those kind, you know, we just like intercessors. We just prayed together. Yeah. But that that connecting point, you know, and that coincidence. It but was this like is this,
0: not like there's four or five people on the steps, and you just grab the guy next to you. This is no, no, this is no. a crowd of people. It's a crowd of
2: people. There's probably, probably about seven hundred people there, maybe. Yeah. You know, something like that.
0: And uh, and then, but uh, that night, oh, seven hundred people. You guys. You end up next mm-hmm. to each other talking. Yes. Crazy. And
2: end up talking. and So we've been friends. We've been friends for a 10 years, you know. And uh, been let me interrupt
3: up. you for a second, Will. See, yeah, go ahead. God kind of readjusted my life. I became this missionary, a prayer missionary in Washington, right. D.C. Uh, with Lou Engel. But then Will and I, we we struck up this friendship that developed. Uh, into a, a very deep and profound relationship where we just started running together. So for years, Will and I would, you know, we just found ourselves together as brothers to pray for America, mostly praying for revival, yeah. which yeah. is what we do, but other things as well.
2: Yep, yep. So been friends all these time, this time, and so uh, and the, what the other thread that connected us was the life issue. That was, that was the first time I started talking about the life issue. Matt had a dream about the life issue at that time period. So we started running together, contending for a revival, contending for the ending of abortion, and contending to see the racial divide be healed because we saw how all we were connected. And so we've been doing that for 10 years as friends. But five years ago, Dr. Paul, uh, I'll still call you Dr. Paul. <laughs> uh, like, you, like you're Paul. So Paul, uh, about five years ago, what happened is Matt, made an amazing discovery tell them what you found out.
3: So for me one of the things that was interesting about my family after I lost my dad uh, was we didn't know where our family had come from so when my dad passed away I kind of took up the research of trying to figure out where did the lockets come from what was our family history. My dad was one of 16 siblings on a tobacco farm in Kentucky Wow! but the at somewhere along the way, people just stopped telling the story. There was a loss of records. And so no one in our family has ever known the family history. And so I I spent, you know, a lot of time uh, trying to research that, but didn't find anything out. And so now fast forward all these years of praying with Will and uh, uh, my uh, uh, brother uh, was using these online tools and the way it works is somebody will fill in a gap and then all of a sudden things kind of click and snap yeah. together. And so uh, it was the right thing at the right time. So my brother got this breakthrough in our family genealogy and he found out uh, that uh, he got us all the way back to 1645. Wow. And he, he said, you know, we came in as settlers through Virginia. And so that was, uh, you know, this little piece of the the family history that we had never known before. But um, it was significant because at the very beginning of our house of prayer, God gave us a, a dream that marked us in a way that it, it, it sustained us in a, a prayer direction for 15 years. Wow. And I'll tell the dream because it's, it's uh, an important part of the story. In the dream, we were in uh, a huge building that was filled with courtrooms. And we were being led from one courtroom to the next. And the Lord spoke through this dream and said, either you deal with Roe v. Wade in your courts, or I will deal with it in mine. Wow. At The end of this long hall was a huge courtroom. And on the door, it said Appomattox Courthouse. And I usually have to stop for a moment in the story, because most people don't know what that is. But Appomattox Courthouse marks the end of the American Civil War. That's where General Lee surrendered to General Grant, today, and uh, he did that on today. Today's the anniversary of Appomattox, It's April 9th, 1865. Wow. And so, um, you know, uh, we uh, started looking at that and we found out that the last battle of the American Civil War happened three days before that surrender. And it happened at a place called Lockett's Farm. And that was a piece of the story that had emerged, and we didn't, you know, we were kind of praying, like, what does that mean? Because I'm here, you know, I'd heard my name at the beginning of this journey, now I was hearing my name again. And uh, that was when my brother got the breakthrough, and he started telling me this story about the lockets and settlers in Virginia. And I said, well, let me tell you a Virginia story, and I started talking about the end of the Civil War, and he stops me and he connects these pieces together. What we found out was that the last battle of the civil war happened in my family's front yard. It it was called the Battle of Lockett's Farm, spelled with two T's. So so here, isn't that interesting? So Will has this, this, this heirloom that's been handed down. He has this relic from the past um, um, you know, uh, a memorial stone of this kettle. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Ended down from
3: the slaves who prayed, and then after all these years, I discovered that my family too has this relic, this memorial stone from the past, wow. in the form of the actual property, the land, the farmhouse where the last battle of the Civil War took place.
0: Wow, kind of interesting. Yeah, it's fantastic, man. What a coincidence, right? Yeah, well, yeah, a God design. <laughs> yeah, a, a coincidence like the parting of the Red Sea, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, coincidental happened to be a million people waiting to cross. And, <laughs> and so you guys ended up writing a book that it involves a lot of this, but the but the thrust of it, the end of the Civil War, this relic that represents uh, people praying for freedom. You know, you've got so many different things wrapped up in that, and pictures, and but but what's the so you start Dreamstream Company? What's the center of that? And you're talking about healing the racial divide. How how does how do we work that out? How does that happen? So Will's got this story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've got this
3: story. We're running together, praying together. But then the story it, it shifts in that moment. So yeah. I went to that farmhouse, the Lockett farmhouse, where the last battle took place. Wow. I met the man who lives there, and I was stunned when I walked in and framed and hanging on the living room wall was the Lockett genealogy. And this man wow. knew a lot about our family history. And so he started telling me a little, little bits and pieces. But then he, he said this. He said, you know, some of the lockets. Were uh, they moved to the deep south? They were involved in very significant historical events. But then he said some of the lockets left and moved to Louisiana, and in some cases there was a clerical error in like the census ledgers and things, and they changed the spelling of the Come name. Oh man! Really? Team. So now I, I'm thinking this can't be a coincidence, you know, anymore. And so, Will, why don't you share what we found
2: out? So. You know, I do all this genealogical research. Actually, when I, I was, when you were the pastor, you pastored me at that time, yeah. Paul, um, doing this genealogical research, and this guy living by a bookstore, uh, Jim, uh, there who worked there, does this genealogical research for me. He's a researcher, and he found out that the, my oldest known family member was a man named Isaac Mocker. And he uh, was there in, the, in there in um, Lake, Lake Providence, Louisiana. Shows it there on the census there, and it's the 1870 census in the 1870 census Isaac Lockett said he, was, he was, said he was ninety years old, so five years after slavery that's probably the place where he was a slave. but in that document he went on to say Isaac Lockett says that he was originally from Virginia. Oh, come on, and so we do more research and we oh, learned yeah. That, yeah, we learned that Matt Spanner mm-hmm. was one of the only few lockets in the in the Virginia area at that time period. So that led to another year, year and a half of research, and we learned from the empirical evidence that we found that Matt's family was the family who owned our family, where that kettle pocket.
0: Come on. That's yeah. unbelievable, man.
2: Yeah, so here's my family. Think about it, Pastor Pete. Here's my family praying for the ending of slavery. And then all the way up at the farmhouse of the people who used to own them, slavery comes in in their front yard. But then because he's the God of the past and the future, he takes two people from those same family lines, Matt and I, and then he weaves our storylines together so we can war against injustice in our day and cry out for awakening. This is, the, the,
0: this is just absolutely the most amazing story. This is going to be blowing people's minds. So where does that leave us now? What do we do now with that?
2: Well, you know, what we found is that it's really uncomfortable for people to talk about the race issue and the divide. So I believe God has given us a story as a plan so that we can use it as a catalyst to get the conversation going to see and, and perpetuate everything.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is that. That is a brilliant strategy because, uh, yeah, if you, you know, men don't like to be confronted. Um I always say that the way to minister to men is uh, on a bank shot, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, you know like billiards, a bank shot, just kind of come from an angle. And Dennis Peacock, who's a mutual friend, and Dennis described it this way to me one time, who's one of my mentors. And he said in martial arts, uh, a couple of things he said, he said, first of all, in martial arts, when you take your stance, you never give away your strength so the problem for the church is too often we give away our strength oh and sure. and thought uh, you know so that's what story does story mm-hmm. story uh lowers people's guard that's why jesus operated with story so often right yeah
2: yeah
0: his <laughs> he wouldn't have done real well in the old word of faith movement where you had to have 21 <laughs> points or it wasn't uh anointed <laughs> Right, right, and then, and the other thing he said was he said, "Then you never attack uh from a straight angle, you're always looking for an angle that's that's least guarded, mm. and if you will, a story like this comes from an oblique angle, asymmetrical, if you will, mm-hmm. in which we're touching somebody in a place that blows them away for this, and then you go and <laughs> yeah. This yep. is about us.
2: Yeah, it really is about all of us because it's there's so many layers of connection. Um, tell Matt, tell them that other connection that we found with uh, with Daniel Lockett.
3: Yeah, so you have to understand that it wasn't the story that connected Will and I. Like we didn't know any of this. Right. You were already me. connected for a decade. I think if we if we hadn't had that ten years of becoming close relationally, <laughs> if I don't know that we would have survived it relationally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, all those years, I've been listening to Will tell the story of the kettle, And then all of a sudden, I find out that my connection, I'm connected to that story directly, but my connection is to that of the slave owner. And that was really hard. Was it? It was because, you know, I think for people that look like me, it's, it's very easy to uh, talk in theory. And mm-hmm. talk about uh, things that we haven't experienced uh, personally. And so, you know, the most common thing you hear is, you know, hey, I wasn't there. You weren't there. Get over it. And now all of a sudden, uh, I'll say it this way, that the pain of an entire community suddenly had a face and it was a face that I loved. And so I had to come to grips with that. And we, you know, God let us sit right there probably for almost a year and a half. Uh, and we had to wrestle through what the ramifications of that knowledge, yeah. you know, what it meant to us, you know, in our relationship. And also, you know, we're little pea prophets. We're trying to figure out what's God want to do with this for the whole nation.
1: Yeah. But
3: then we made another breakthrough in my family. And, uh, it was, uh, totally the Lord's doing. He led me to read a history book on revival in Virginia, And I found out that in the previous war, see, a lot of times you just got to go back a little bit further. Yeah. Because here's what I've learned through my own story is that God has started important things in our yesterday. He's made promises to people and they did not see the fulfillment of those promises because God intended to fulfill it later in us. So I went back a little bit further. I found out during the Revolutionary War Revival came to that area of Virginia where the Lockett Homestead was, and I'm reading in this account, and it talks about men who were added to the itineracy of the Methodist circuit riders out of that revival. And in the list was Daniel Lockett. I get out my family tree, boom, right there he is, right place right now. And that's
0: so your forefathers are hanging with uh harry hoosier and and uh asbury and yes asbury john wesley all those guys oh, gosh, man. so a
3: man named daniel lockett was a circuit rider and that's important to the story because the circuit riders they were carrying the gospel to the frontier but they also carried in their saddlebags a legal document at that time in history called a manumission form. They were abolitionists Mm -hmm. and a manumission form is a document that you could sign and set your slaves free. And so when you look at it, everywhere the circuit riders went, the population of freed slaves exploded. So that, yeah, I've got slave owners in my family, but if you go back a little bit further, God
2: started a storyline of revival and abolition. Wow. So, so, so here is, you know, Everybody has these things called generational curses, generational blessings, and all of our families. Right, we talk about that. And I remember you teaching on that when you and my pastor, you know. And and the thing is, you know, they represent these dominating themes called storyline. You know, and so you have the storyline of, of uh, this alcoholic after alcoholic and a family that becomes a theme, or storyline of blessing on another side of generational blessings. And I had those bad storylines of my family. You met some of those when you my pastor. But then we also have family members who've done amazing things like we're supposed to create them. We can a proper freedom. Matt had family members that own slaves. We also have these family members that yeah, were revivalists and abolitionists and preached the gospel. So, in other words, I believe what God is shouting to America right now, Pastor few is this. What storyline do we want to be a part of? Wow. The healing or the hurt? The blessing or the curse? Yeah. What storyline are we going to be a part of? I'll give you a good example of that.
3: Uh, just to make it clear, is after slavery ended, it still wasn't popular for slaves to learn how to read and write. Right. And uh, and so they would do it in secret, so you have this legacy of secret prayer meetings, it's what the kettle represents, what it came from, but even after slavery ended, these secret meetings are still going on, only you've got former slaves trying to learn how to read and write. So 1867, uh, a former slave there at the Lockett homestead was trying to teach her young son how to read and write. And she was doing it in secret. And in one night walks Lucy Lockett, one of my forebears, and she catches them red-handed. Only instead of consequences, I look at it, it's such a pivotal moment in the story because there could have been
2: consequences.
3: But she looks at the mother and she says, no, what you've chosen to do is very wise. And so Lucy Lockett takes up tutoring this young boy in how to read and write. And we know that story because it's in his autobiography. His name was Robert Moten. He replaced Booker T. Washington as president of Tuskegee Institute. Oh, gosh. He was an educational advisor to legislators. In 1922, he gave the dedication speech of the Lincoln Memorial in D.C., where 41 years later, Dr. King would stand on the, that spot and, and declare, I have a dream and 41 years after that, Will and I would meet on that same spot.
1: Yeah, this is crazy stuff, it's amazing. Hey, this is Chris. Let's take a moment right in the middle of this great conversation to remind you how to get in touch with Paul and Christian Men's Network and the Global Fatherhood Initiative. You can find all the resources for mentoring and fatherhood at cmn.men. That's the Christian Men's Network at cmn.men. Christian Men's Network does special events across America and around the world. You can find all the information at cmn.men click on events. We also have tremendous resources for churches with special discounts for groups on that website. Everything a church needs from A to Z to mentor and disciple men of all ages and backgrounds. Before we get back to the interview, please take the time to hit the subscribe button to help us continue to reach other men. Now let's get back to this powerful interview between Paul and Will Ford and Matt Lockett.
0: To me, when you talk about blessings, uh, generational curse and all that sort of stuff the thing that I always look at in Exodus 20 when it talks about that is I don't think it was a linear thing in that sense I, I mm-hmm. think the writer for me just my own looking at it the writer was trying to bring a contrast because it says if there's a curse it'll go down to third or fourth generation mm-hmm. it says but a blessing will go to a thousand generations Yeah, basically. and I think the picture was like a painting you know in that yeah. sense like like curses just aren't gonna hang around because you know you're gonna be set free from them, but but blessing what you push forward what we put into our legacy what what a man does in his life becomes history mm-hmm. but what he puts yeah. in the motion becomes his legacy oh say that again well, It's in my book <laughs> that's no, what a man does in life becomes history but what he puts in the motion becomes his legacy so mm. what happened for you, Matt, is they put this in the motion. What happened for you, Will, is they put it in the motion, and now we're the torch bearers, if you will, mm. the light carriers, the ministers of reconciliation, um, and and now we carry this thing forward. So now, how does that how does that practically impact the dream of Martin Luther King Jr., which is what the cut line is of the book that you guys wrote together?
2: Well, I think. In a couple of ways, it's, I mean, you think about it, it's two guys who were led by dreams to the place where Dr. King said, in his I have a dream speech, I have a dream that one day the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave yeah. owners will be able to sit together at the table of brotherhood. Table so we're brotherhood. thinking maybe the dream speech wasn't poetry, maybe it was prophecy. Yeah. You know, maybe there's this dream king called the King of Kings. He has a father that's still answering his prayer from John 17 where he said, Father, I pray that they will be one so that your glory could come so that the world would believe. Maybe God hadn't forgotten about the prayers of our grandmas and our grandpas, and neemars and them, and papas. He hadn't forgotten about the prayers of Dr. Cole. He hadn't forgotten about the prayers of Daniel Lockett. He hadn't forgotten about the prayers of Isaac Lockett and my family. You know, and so all that to say, there's something in terms of a legacy that's being perpetuated moving forward, especially in this nation, in America, and it's incumbent upon men to take up the manner of prayer. Yes. It's incumbent upon it, And uh, I think that's one of the things I learned spending time with you and, and, and your father. That's really one of the things that thrusted my prayer life to, to another level. I remember being a prayer meeting with Dr. Cole once, and myself and Niles, your son-in-law was yeah. there with doing a 21-day fast together, <laughs> Dr. Cole came in, 6 in the morning, come pray with us, man. And uh, he said, uh, okay, uh, we'll go ahead and pray. So I, I wasn't sure how he prayed, Matt. So I just kind of like, you know, just kind of prayed, oh, God, you know, we just asked, you know, one of those, just, you know, we just asked kind of prayers, you know. Get rid of and that then, word. Yeah. And, and, and then now it's kind of the, uh, oh, God, we just asked kind of prayers. The Cole looked at both of us. He said, Okay, uh, are you pray- praying? Yeah, are you praying? Okay, um, y'all, man, if I pray the way I like to pray, I said, Sure. He stood up and he said, God, we are men, and we come before you like men boldly before the throne of grace to find grace to help in our time. And need. God, we come before you, he, woo! <laughs> like that for about a good hour, just woo, 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 woo. <laughs> it's, it's time for men to pray. It's time for men to take that place. It's, up com- it's incumbent upon you right now to change the spiritual climate of this nation through your prayer life.
0: Amen. Men are, we warfare. need you praying. Men yeah. are built for war. See, the, the problem yes. with a lot of this stuff is, if you will, I think a lot of times why men are not attracted to prayer is because in most settings it's been feminized. And I don't mean that. Yes. yes. I, I don't mean that women are prayer warriors because right goodness right <laughs> right what i mean is is that it has a temperature and a, and a texture that's not fully masculine right and and if we're going to be warriors and it's not something out here it's bam it's right here because when when one man changes it change it begins to change everything even the world believes that they have something called the gaia effect wow right when the butterflies swarm in China, it changes the weather in Colorado. Mm. So uh, the interconnectedness of all things, and of course they, right. they come from a, a different place, but it's a parallel yeah. truth. And the fact is we're all brothers and we're all connected. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things that I think for uh, for Anglo guys is, mm-hmm. is we have a tendency to not have seen or understand some of the underlying pain. Chris, who, uh, who you know, uh, well, I don't know if you know, Matt, if you know Chris Shields, works with us. I, I turned to him one day. We were doing a little Facebook Live thing, and I was talking about some of this stuff. I was talking about Charles Darwin, you know, who's, I mean, we talk about the theory of, of evolution, but that wasn't what the title of his paper was. It's the origin of species by means of natural selection or the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. In other yeah. words, it was paid for <laughs> by a bunch of old white guys in England in order to prove <laughs> that they have you know, everything. So I turned to Chris and I said, I said, how old were you when your dad had to talk with you? Mm. And he kind of smiled at me. He goes, well, I guess I was probably 12 or 13. You see, <laughs> As a for most guys who didn't grow up in that culture, when I said that, he looked at me like he was surprised that I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. And the talk is uh, every, uh, just about every single man of color father who loves his sons will sit them down and say, "Here's how the way you're supposed to act when you get pulled over by the police." Yeah. Here's how I want you to act. Here's what I want you to say. Here's where I want you to put your hands. And and a good dad will walk through those things. Well, you think about that. How painful is that, man? Yeah. How how unbelievable is that, that in a culture in which we celebrate how far we've come and how, quote, unquote, tolerant we are in all of those things, that, that we actually still live there.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, my dad prepped me for the talk uh, a couple of times. The first time I I got the talk, in a sense, I was six years old. Wow. My my father got me a social security card. He said, I want you to work and value work. Here's your social security card. You're going to come up to the office and work with me. I'll pay you. Here's your social security card. But I want you you to memorize your social security number. And he would drill me on it (laughs) at six years old. And so later on, uh, 10 years later, in 16, I gave him a driver's license. He said, you need to memorize your driver's license. And I said, okay, why are you so obsessed with numbers? He said, well, here's the deal. Sometimes he said, I have friends who are police officers, but even they let you know that some of their friends, they hide the insecurities behind a badge. And sometimes uh, these guys will pull you over and they'll take your wallet from you. And they'll ask you your social security number, or they ask you your driver's license number. If you don't know it, they can just take you in on suspicion. And they say, oh, yeah, and by the way, don't take the bait. So what do you mean? Because sometimes they'll try to throw you into a fight or something.
0: And so, uh, See, that's stunning later, to me, yeah. and, and yeah. when we share these things. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, this is not just America. This is the Hutus and Tutsis, and this is yes. uh, the fighting in uh, lower Russia, the... Croats and Serbs and yes yes you know who to me these guys all look the same
2: all <laughs> look the same but yeah the enemy finds a way don't he i mean just ethnicities yeah. and
0: wars <laughs> and this yeah you know what i'm saying it's not like yeah. it's like you, like, can, you can find know, a difference yeah. you can
3: find divisions
0: yes so this really is in us as people in other words it's in us it's mm-hmm. not a cultural uh uh construct if yeah, you I will. mean,
2: look at what R- Rwanda. That's the one
0: that's my dude. Memory. God was unbelievable, man. Yeah, absolute genocide. Absolute genocide. And yeah, they look. I mean, one I one mean, and a half million people.
2: Yeah, in, in like three months. But
0: yeah, just but, off. Uh, time. I mean, but but the Serbs and Croats are the same thing. Yeah. So so my thing. point is, that when we look at Tulsa, you know, and what they're, they're uncovering now, and finally turning their faces towards and saying, "Okay, yeah, we this happened." And this very successful area of town was was overrun and shot up and burned down and all this stuff and that happened in the early 1900s, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. The Tulsa Tulsa uh, race riots. Race riots. Yeah, when well, they went to a 19- place called Black Wall Street, right? Which was uh, very prominent African American, all Christians actually. Christian, yeah, they were. Was and wasn't it really,
0: 1906, 1908, something like that?
2: Something like that. And they uh, they come in and they destroy the. Destroyed the uh, the whole area and and, and killed thousands of African Americans. Just so now,
0: yeah. Because Matt, to your point, what happens is we have a tendency to go, okay, <laughs> yeah, that was then. There shouldn't, you know, we're not. going But at the same time, if we don't, what, what? Who was it that said it? It was a great philosopher who said it. Uh, if we don't learn from history, we're we are uh, we are bound You're to repeat it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what you're doing is stirring this up in a sense of, hey, look at this. Not that I need to go, everybody who meets Will needs to, you know, who's Anglo needs to hug him. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that becomes almost a, a kind of a, just a facade. Yeah. But we have to know this stuff and we have to get it in us and, in order for our hearts to be changed. And Dr. King, you know, he, you know, reconciliation is fascinating to me. The actual word, uh, the original Greek and Aramaic, actually, it's the opposite of accusation. Wow. So reconciliation, we're ministers of reconciliation, means we're carriers of Christ's reconciliation. But what the word means is, it, is we are the fighters of accusation, and the enemy has accused every man. Every man has a Goliath. Yeah. And so every man has has curses, right, that's mm-hmm. being put on him. And the curses, Goliath didn't F-bomb Saul. The curses were, your God's not big. You'll never make it. This will never happen. Mm-hmm. You'll never go anywhere. And see, that's where, like Pastor Dwayne Pickett, my friend, and I, we've talked about the, the attack on the young black men and, and uh, you know, the band the box, all that sort of stuff that we do. The fact is this stuff's real. We have to open yeah. our hearts up, open our lives up. And, and the only way to oil it, if you will, mm-hmm. first of all, story brings us there. And in prayer is, if you will, for me, the oil mm-hmm. that makes this able for me to carry this. Yeah. Wow. You know, yeah. Uh, the, so fact that, the fact that, you know, my kids don't act like that. The fact that their kids won't act like that, that... We create generational things. And, and to your point, Matt, your forebears speaking into this, now here you are. You guys have a national platform. You speak all over the world. You're on calls with people. You're, you're pouring your lives into the people. You wrote this book, and I hope people get this book, The Dream King, mm-hmm. uh, Healing Racism in America. And uh, the fact is I truly believe, see, I'm a believer that we occupy till he comes. Yeah. And Occupy means Jeremiah 29, 11. We all love it. You know, my we're, my thoughts for you and not for your destruction. Hope, future. But the first six verses, seven verses of that chapter 29 is all to people in captivity. Daniel. Yep. yep. And he tells them, he doesn't tell them, get out of there. He tells them, multiply. Yep. Have, get married, have kids, build houses, be excellent. Uh, grow everything and then he says he says and don't listen to the prophets who say they're talking for me or, or the divinators but uh, mm-hmm. there's another word in one of the translations about magicians so don't listen to them because when they're speaking of my name they're speaking lies <laughs> and the and the enemy lies to us all the time and says okay this is just the way it is yep this is just the way it is you know it's because you know it's uh, uh what was it uh, i forget who it was it said 11 a.m is the most segregated uh, hour in america or something like that sunday yeah yeah on sunday um, sunday morning 11 a.m yeah,
2: yeah billy graham said that yeah
0: yeah but the fact is is that uh i think we're aware of it i think what has to happen now will you tell me what has to happen now
3: well i want to go back to something a point you were making just a minute ago and mm-hmm say it in a different way and I know this uh, fix it in other words about no no it's just that you're talking about men not yeah, being yeah. on to the activity of prayer yeah and, uh, you know come to one of my prayer meetings because
0: uh,
3: <laughs> it's pretty lively but, but I heard a, a preacher say it like this one time and it's always stuck with me he said a man who's made for war in a time of peace will make war against himself wow and and i i know i believe that that's true and i think the way that we see that manifests in in alcoholism we see it in addictions you know whether it's pornography or different substances and things but but god has designed men to engage in, and i think that the, apart from prayer that gets expressed physically man against man when we've been designed for spiritual warfare in the yeah. heavenlies, wow. and this is how we're gonna. This is how we're gonna end this thing. We need men that will throw themselves into the fray with the right heart for reconciliation. Yeah. And see this, see the you know these walls that we've built in between uh, brothers. Uh, we're gonna see these things fall when men answer that call into a
2: spiritual warfare. Yeah, I believe it
3: it's in prayer prayer is how you kick up into that divine reality of the storyline that God's already started yeah. apart from prayer you'll never discover what that story
2: is that God's been writing yeah exactly uh, like madna well think about it we met first at a prayer meeting yeah that's where we met we met at a prayer meeting that's what I think' it was where that's what's going to take for the, for the Christian man to get to get breakthrough in this thing, one we got to meet each other in the place of prayer, and then two we got to grow in relationship. You know, it really can't be reconciliation without conciliation folks.
0: That's well, I mean. you, well I, I've often I've often thought about that. Reconciled to what? Right. You know? So so
2: Matt and I, we've had this conciliatory relationship. We had it for yeah. ten years. But now it's been sixteen years, but for ten years it was already conciliatory. Then God lifts the covers reveals the rest of the story. And then you know, you know, we prophetic movement prayer movement folks, yeah. we're like, oh, this is all such a cool prophetic swirly thing. Uh listen, Pastor P, when all the swirl uh, died off, I was like, hold up. Your people own my people. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it got real <laughs> it, got, it got real. And I was like, so here's the but the thing for me was this I've been hearing all these stories about slaves being beat to death in my family and how they had to sneak away. To, but now I have a face connected to that, but now it's the face of someone that I love. And now I'm trying to forget how my friend was ever my family's enemy.
0: Yeah. And so, so I, had
2: to, I, had to, I had to, I had to, I had to, like personally we talked, but then uh, even more just on my own introspect. I had to get rid of my baggage again. I had to repent. I had to forgive. And, and you know, and even not just moving forward together, and just do, we do a lot of things together. I mean, I mean, we've done Thanksgiving together, other stuff. But we—that's why we put our, our company, Green Screen Company, together. You know, everything is through that. We're we're walking this thing out together. We don't do it always the best some at times, but man, I think we're doing a pretty good job. Together. I you love know, uh, so great really, stuff with Matt. We we do have a great creative, we have yeah. a working relationship together. It's it's, it's, it's
0: amazing. So really. In one sense, I understand reconciliation. I think it's quite often misapplied. Mm-hmm. What what you guys are talking about is 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 a new creation. It's oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a recreation. Way it. It's it's kind of like there's some guys I've told uh, you know, they tell me about their past and everything, I'm like, dude. You know what listen, just chop down your family tree and start a new tree, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: right. You, you know, can be the one to start the whole thing over.
0: That's right. So this is about new creation, new beginnings, new starts. And the fact is, the beauty of this story and the kettle that was used by, uh, you know, your generation's past, and they prayed under this thing, and it was handed down to you. And here's this, you call it the prayer kettle. It was a big soup kettle. Yeah. And and they would pray under that. And it's, it's such a stunning story. And then, Matt, you come into this. And this whole story for me is about... Tuning me in to where God wants me to live and to be aware of things I don't see yeah. and and to be observant and then to teach the next generation the things that I've seen so that they don't come back generations later and say, what do these stones mean? Oh, come on.
2: Yeah. yeah. And you think about it. And he, he gives us these little signs, these little mile markers along the way, so... April the ninth, that's the day that the, the South surrenders to the North in the Civil War, and that's today. April 9th is also the day that the Azusa Street Revival breaks out. Wow. That's the day, which was the revival that got released to heal the racial divide forty-one years after after slavery comes to an the And then April 9th, today is the day that Dr. King was buried. Wow. You know, so, I don't
0: I don't know that um, that this Nation, United States. I love our country that I live in right now. Even as many men hearing this in South Africa or Uganda or Indonesia, you love the nation you're in, you love your people. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that this nation will survive beyond my grandchildren if we don't have another great awakening.
2: Yeah, that's what, that's what we're
0: for. We'll become a secular, wealthy, uh, immoral country. So I just want to applaud you guys for being on the front lines of this thing, for stirring up the conversation, for making it uncomfortable. Because God called us, you know the old line, God called us not to uh, to, uh, uh, to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. <laughs> and so uh, we have to have conversations. And, and this story helps put it in a place where I can have the conversation and I don't feel threatened, mm-hmm. yeah. right? I don't feel like, oh, yeah, he's, he's slamming me. No, no, no. This is an amazing story. So thank God for bringing you guys together. Obviously, this is a plan of God. Obviously, you guys need to be doing, uh, especially in the digital age that we have now just entered with this coronavirus, <laughs> you know, I think you guys, uh, I think there's a movie here. I think there's, um, you know, the things that shift and change color, uh, culture, are conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look it back at marking points of our culture and, and you say, okay, how'd this change? Where'd this shift? What was the co- what was the conversation when John Kennedy became president? The conversation shifted. You know, from from Eisenhower in the '50s and all that into Kennedy, and and it was the conversation that shifted.
2: Yeah.
0: and it changed the nation. So, so these conversations are game changers. So I want to pray blessings on you guys, and thanks for hanging out with me for a long time. This was uh, fantastic.
2: No, it was great. Love was uh-huh. good for my It's good to. And
0: you. Um, man, I, I seriously, um, whatever it is that that needs to happen to take this book into, um, you know, I could see this in uh, graphic uh, novel form. Mm. Hmm. You know, uh, for young people where it's, it's maybe, uh, you know, 16 pages. Yeah. You know, you can get graphic novels done. There's guy, in fact, there's guys out of work right now. So it's true. Uh, there's, there's guys who are, who are doing all the, uh, when I say graphic novels, I mean, it's like a comic book sort of look. Mm-hmm. So there's these, these guys who write those and they just charge per panel, per page. You write all this yep. stuff and then bam. And I could see, wow. I could see Tony Rory with young, with men of honor.
1: And mm. you got the young wow. people
0: at all the schools all the junior highs imagine if they had this story of the lockets and Appomattox and this kettle and then whoa dude here's this guy that's an awesome basketball player <laughs> and it, that would be you Will <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: and
0: then, show me Duncan backwards right <laughs> and this with a guy from Indiana basketball country who doesn't play ball oh,
3: <laughs> i just didn't say it was any good
0: <laughs> so but you know i mean i could i could see that i could see the the you know the little cart i could see this story on on a three minute movie mm-hmm. on guys phones and there's got to be a way to do that and there's somebody that is in this world right now who knows how to do that in other words who knows how to do like bam 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 And you're two minutes in and you go, whoa, bam. And then I got you. And it's a three minute movie on a phone. And I just, man, I'm all about this thing. So dream, dream, stream company, dream, just like dream, stream like water, dream, stream or internet, dreamstreamcompany.com, get the books. And let me just tell uh, you guys, get more than one of them, because you're going to want to give this uh, to somebody that uh, whose heart needs to uh, come alive and what we don't need is just all the pat little cultural phrases and all the little stuff we throw around that that really doesn't touch the heart yeah nothing yeah. changes until the heart changes when we change the hearts of men we change the soul of a nation Shh. so i commend you guys on what you're doing i love you guys i love you will uh, I mean, Matt, it's love been you. great love you, spending it's time with so you nice. i've heard so much about you And it's great to hear your side of the story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, sir. uh, But it's, I mean, I just applaud you. I pray that every place you put your feet is holy ground and Mm. pray that everything your hands touch will prosper and that God will keep you deep in the pocket of his favor. And that as you tell this story, it will help uh, influencers, people who touch thousands it will help them articulate a story in a word wow. that brings us together. Yes. As, as a people of God, Philippians, citizens of heaven, amen? Amen. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff, man. I'm digging oh, it. I, we could talk about Thank this you. for a long time. Uh, and uh, so thanks for taking the time. I love you, Will. I love you, Matt. God bless uh, you. Guys. love you, dear. Thanks for being okay. <laughs> brave men. This story just makes me think
1: of. The passage of Hebrews twelve and two, where it says, "Looking unto Jesus, the Author and the Finisher of your mm-hmm. faith," and it just leads me to a question: Who is your Author? Mm, because really it's like you see two men's life that could not accidentally come together. It's like no. somebody intentionally wrote this story before the foundations of the earth.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, Squire Rushnell uh, wrote that book. Our friend Squire wrote that book called Godwink. Yes, about coincidences of life, and this is like a Godwink. Yes, and it's like a this divine coincidence where yes. these guys come together and then not only that they they not only connect but they actually personally become friends exactly yeah it didn't just wasn't like uh, oh hey you know you did that you did that okay great hey I'll see you next year maybe at the convention yes or, you know that kind of yes. thing yes and yeah or they're friends on Facebook, <laughs> yeah no, yeah they're actually these guys are really close yeah it's intentionality and you can hear it, yeah, yeah, and they were intentional about it and and what's amazing is they became friends, and then they found out more of this stuff as it went along exactly I'll never forget when when will first got that kettle, uh, I was his pastor at the time, and he got that kettle had been used by his ancestors, the slaves to pray under so their voices yes. wouldn't carry. And I'll never forget the first time he carried that. Um, I think it was the thing where he did that. Um, well, he took it to a couple stages. We did a couple things where he took it on the stage and talked about it. But then he, Took that train ride with Lou Engel. Was it with Lou? Yeah, or with Dutch? It, it was with Dutch. Yeah, with Dutch Yeah, sheets. and Lou. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that was an amazing thing. They did this city to city thing, carrying that big thing. The thing weighs ninety pounds. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. I helped them lift it in here. Oh, did you really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, crates and all that sort of stuff around it, and and just so amazing that God would give to you and me and to us this story for us to be able to tell others and to tell our kids and I would say right now anybody who's ever listened to this if you if you're listen to this make sure you tell somebody yeah yeah just text somebody and say you've got to listen to this I think there's a way of like sharing, sharing this yeah you this, can right, share it. you on, can on share it in text message yep. yep yeah most of these uh, Spotify wherever you listen yes. to it wherever the best spot- yes, podcasts only where are best podcasts yeah, that's are. where we are <laughs> Yeah. so uh, yeah please share this because that not only gets the word out about brave men, yes, but it also uh, is going to really touch somebody's heart. And exactly. there's some guys who need to hear this stuff. Man.
1: Exactly. That I mean, especially the thought of that in the reality of, it's mm-hmm. not just a thought, that your life is not accidental. Yeah, You're here on purpose, for a purpose. Yeah. And part of that purpose is you connecting with the right people. So good.
0: Because when you have the right brothers, you become mm-hmm. the right person. You know, at Christian Men's Network, that's why we talk about brotherhood a lot. cmn.men is our uh, website, as Chris mentioned at the mid-break. But uh, cmn.men, and you'll find uh, tools for, and resources for yes. discipling men. Uh, but you'll also find, uh, like at the CMN Summit that we do yes. every year, cmnsummit.com. Whenever you're listening to this, cmnsummit.com. Or you can just go to cmn.men, yes. click on the summit. But the fact is, getting together with guys, getting a brotherhood, uh, this is, I've watched Will walk through some stuff. Matt, I know, has also. And it's because they have people around them. Exactly. You know, pray with them, pray through stuff. You've had the same thing, yeah. Chris. And I have too. But what is, you know, it just makes me
1: also think about, you know, one of the things your dad always says is, I can tell your future by the people you're around.
0: Mm, yeah. Now, I probably
1: changed the wording a little bit, but. Well,
0: you probably made it better. Right?
1: <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 no.
0: Oh, I got to make sure I tell the team. Yeah, Chris just took Dr. Cole's stuff, made it a lot better. <laughs> this is no. really good. Yeah. Wait till I tell Joanne that. Wow. I might get fired again. <laughs> yeah, I get fired again. <laughs> now you can't get fired, man. You're, you're called. So that, that's a different thing. You're not yeah. hired. You're called. So, uh, you know, this Christian Men's Network, Men. we exist to help churches disciple men. Yeah. Brave men isn't just stories about brave men. It is the tools for us to become Amen. brave men. Yes. That's why we do it. I want to thank all of our partners. Who make this possible? Even these microphones, Studio yes. B that we're in right now at our studios here in beautiful downtown Colleyville, Texas, <laughs> which is anywhere you are in Colleyville. Yes. is the downtown. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody knows. it's very, very yes. ill-defined. But, um, but to be here in Studio B and uh, you know, have this, these tools, all the gear that we have, yes. because of our partners, I want to say thank you again. Yes. To all of our partners, the men and women who have made this possible because you are you're doing a work that's reaching men's lives around the world. And we change the man the heart of a man, you change the soul of a nation. And we're talking about Christ transformation. Yes. That's what we're about. And the formation of Christ within us as as men.
1: Yes. And please take the time to Hit subscribe, as mm. I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And also, please write us a review. We would love to hear from you and how we can, uh, you know, improve or continue do to Do we want to hear that or
0: do we just want five-star reviews?
1: Well, we want to hear everything.
0: We do? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> we can handle it. Chris wants to hear everything. <laughs> no, we can't handle it. And in fact, if you've got an attitude, we love that.
1: Yes, because we can pray for you real oh, hard. Oh,
0: dude. <laughs> no, no, we'll engage, man. If there's F-bombs in there... You're out. <laughs> but anything else, we're good. Yes. Even if you go Harold on us. Yes. Right? <laughs> we know what we're talking about. Yes. That's a basketball. Inside thing. joke. That's a Clippers right there. Yes. But he's a good guy. He is. Yeah, he is he's a, good a good guy. Good man. Because he when you can yeah. apologize, that's
1: when you really show no. you're a
0: real man. Yeah, there you go. Step up. Yes. Yeah. In front of everybody, man. Yes. Yeah, good man. What we're talking about, what's his first name again? Uh, Martez Harold. Yeah. Yeah, good man. Yes. And I hope they lose, because right now, as we're taping this. Well, we all know the Lakers are going to win the championship. You heard it here first. Yeah, and that'll be edited, (laughs) most likely. Just saying. No, it looks like it could be. could be. I mean, you know, there we go. We'll talk. We should do a whole show that's just basketball. We should. We need to get Chris uh, Broussard back on. We need to get Chris on and talk, No Jesus. Yes,
1: just debate it all. Just
0: basketball. We'll just go, okay, we're all Christians. That covers it. We're a Christian program. Well, we probably should Bam. bring
1: Brandon and Bryce into that conversation, oh, too. Oh, dude,
0: that would be unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. The opinions? Oh, yes. Okay. Hey, we love you, and we thank God for you and uh, for being with us here on Brave Men. Uh, remember this hope is alive, hope has a name. Hope's name is Jesus. We'll see you next time on Brave Men. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian
3: Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at
2: cmn.men.